recording. Okay. All right. Welcome everybody to Acts of Pod. Um, sorry, we're a couple of days late this week or early, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> um, and today it's a very special episode because, again, it is just me, Gina, and on base we've got Anne, me, Anne, Anne, <laughs> and um, together we are going to talk about Monica Lewinsky. And um, on Acts of Pod, what we like to do is um, look at something that is present in contemporary culture um, and then try to find a historical pres- precedent and, um, you know, see what we can learn from the past and apply it to the present. Right. See- and um, see if we learned any lessons and applied those lessons, that sort of thing. Let's bring some historical context to yes. things. Yes. Okay. Sunshine is the best antiseptic. <laughs> so we're going to bring some sunshine to the to the damp, dank closets of history. <laughs> and They're pretty see damp. how it... And dank. And dank. <laughs> there are mothballs, and there was a family of mice. Uh, um, but anyway, <laughs> so we are going to look at Monica Lewinsky and um, not only just uh, in terms of the Kinestar investigation, but how she was perceived at the time. Um, and, you know, what she thinks of the experience now, 20 years later, and how it can be viewed through a more contemporary lens of the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, I'm just going to start with a couple of really quick, boring bits it's not boring. Introduce the top. We're setting it up. Yeah, you're we'll right. Set it up. You're right. 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 Like setting in basketball, you know, which we both played in high school. Right. No, we didn't. No, that's. <laughs> I was um, I was varsity. I was a power forward. Mm-hmm. Um, or do the are these the right terms? I, I have no idea. Oh, okay. No, we're we didn't play. We're we didn't play up. sports. Um. But anyway, so in um, 1994, um, Kenneth Starr was appointed independent counsel for a special counsel that was put together to investigate the Whitewater real estate investments and the suicide of Vince Foster. Oh, okay. Okay, wait. Who was Vince Foster? I can't remember. Um, he was the he was the man who inspired the song "Hey Man, Nice Shot." No, he wasn't. Yeah, what? he was. Yeah. What? Really? Yeah. How's it going? I said, "Hey Man." Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> okay. Well, you did a great job. <laughs> 
It was a like a grunge song from the nineties. Right, right, right. I can't remember who sang it, but he was a deputy White House counsel during the first six months of President Bill Clinton's okay. term. Um, th- hit that death was attributed to the Clintons as a suspicious death, like right. on the right wing blogs. Right. I mean, for more than twenty years, they they still used it to try to torpedo. Hillary's campaign 20 years after it happened. I mean, he went to a park and he shot himself in the head and they believe that it was just untreated depression. Okay. But, um, anyway, they had an investigation. Uh, they started it in 1994. And that is how Kenneth Starr is okay. introduced into this cast of characters. Um, the other important thing to know about the time period is that now Clinton um, was voted in in 92 and in 94 um, with something called a contract with America, um, the conservatives hmm. launched um, a, a really vibrant campaign for um, the House of Representatives and the Senate. And they won huge numbers and they swept in kind of like they did in the 2010 elections mm-hmm. after Obama had won. Yeah. And um, the same thing. And this was the first time that they had a, ma- a double majority in 40 years. Oh, wow. So, I didn't know it was that long. Okay. Right. So they, you know, you have a Democratic president after, you know, two terms uh, with Reagan and then H. Del- yeah, Herbert Walker Bush. Okay. And um, so then Clinton gets elected, and immediately the Republicans start campaigning really hard to get represented. And then this special counsel is launched. Yeah. And they, and they start looking into everything. Um. So there are accusations today by the right that the special counsel and Robert Mueller are engaged in a witch hunt. But, you know, lest we forget that as soon as they had the opportunity (laughs) to, you know, helm a special counsel investigation, they went hog wild. (laughs) You know, and so it's kind of like the the, you know, philandering boyfriend who always like you know accuses his girlfriend of cheating you know it's like just because that's what you would do in that position doesn't mean that's what's happening now considering that again like democrats don't have the house they don't have the senate they're not in the executive like um the fbi and cia and those agencies do not lean left by any you know Right. There's not a bunch of communists in the FBI, you right. know. Right. Um so to assume that there's a witch hunt going on by who? Like who would have the power to do that? Yeah. That's it's not right. Did you want to say anything about No. no. Oh, witch hunt. <laughs> okay, speaking of witch hunt, so, who's on the witch hunt that they're saying is on the witch hunt? 
Oh, that right now that Bob Mueller um, and the, his special counsel, right? Um, that looking into Trump's affair is a witch hunt. Sure. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, it's funny because there was actually an impeachment trial looking into uh, the affair of a former president. I mean, if we're going to talk about like the private sex acts of a president, I don't know. Don't cut that out. But like, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah. Right. It's just um, a roundabout way of pointing that it's a bit of a hypocritical stance to take on the same people that had, um, I think it was eight Benghazi investigations that took over two years. Um, This investigation was four years long and, again, was meant to cover whitewater real estate holdings. And I think... Um, and it ended up getting to Monica Lewinsky through a civil case that Paula Jones had right. um, brought up against him for indecent exposure. I think. Yeah, it was um, a, a sexual harassment de- yeah right. case, and that's actually was in my notes. Paula Jones connection question mark? But I never <laughs> actually never got to that all i know is that monica didn't want to get involved in that link right yeah but i i i do know how she got involved okay there we go do it all right so um again yeah that was all a long-winded explanation of the environment that this investigation is taking place so it was a little more hostile uh, towards the executive branch than the one that we're in now, which is pretty friendly. Uh, yeah. At least the Senate in the House is pretty friendly towards right. the executive. Well, there, there's certainly no impeachment trials going right, on. Right. That, I mean, yeah, in this. That's a pretty big deal, considering it's all, what he was the third president it was ever brought up about. I mean, Andrew Johnson and then, Nixon, right. and then right. Nixon, who re- resigned. Right, then, before they brought, but yeah, before they yeah. were able to bring, yeah. But then yeah. Clinton was exonerated. It was exonerated. a big deal. So, I mean, I could understand their fear that, you know, they're just trying to figure out a way to bring these charges forward, you know, to use as a, as a political strategy, because to them that is a legitimate political strategy. But, you know, it, I don't think, I, and maybe I'm being naive, but like, I don't think Democrats would do that for just any Republican president, you know, because if you're democratically elected, then, you know, you've you've earned your spot. You're not going to just try and get every Republican president impeached. Right. It, it would just be somebody that you actually thought <laughs> took money right. from the Russians. Right. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the Chinese... Maybe Qatar or Qatar. <laughs> Maybe they were a puppet for other nations. <laughs> right. You know, it could cause real damage. You know, so it's not necessarily, you know, a, a, a ploy. 
or a personal like a like a, a, a character assassination i mean it's you know a legitimate concern where as with clinton it really was just i mean they were just looking for anything to right. to nail him down on well, and yeah and and like you alluded to before it it really it's not a pyrrhic victory but it was uh what a what victory a pyrrhic? Pyrrhic, yeah what's that mean what's pyrrhic mean where where in the process of of fighting a war you lost m- most of your soldiers so you won oh. but at what cost yeah 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 right so okay. i mean maybe that is probably but essentially like the, it kind of backfired because it, by the time like that it you know the impeachment charges had actually been brought forward public opinion was so against the republicans yeah you know? like they they thought well you know maybe give them a censure or something like that but so, like um, impeachment yeah i mean for well, f- yeah and and that's what i was reading about so gina asked me to do some deep diving which I was going to do anyway, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) now, you know, what I, what I ended up, what I ended up coming across, it's not, I didn't look at peer reviewed journals, so I don't have any like hard hitting analysis, but I did find, you know, like Newsweek or time articles or newspaper articles from 1998 or whatever, uh, which is when the Lewinsky Clinton's quote scandal broke. Right. And that just happened to be midterm elections. And everything I read, it was all about like, should we release these tapes? Like how far do we go? Do how, do we want to drag out like this telev tele televised trial? Or is this going to, are people going to get sick of it? You know what I mean? Um, and that was really interesting because it's like some of the quotes I read, it was like Republicans were like, all right, we need to kind of, oh, should we, should we release the videos with like graphic discussions of, you know, genital, genitalia vocabulary, you know, do people want to hear that? And it's based on, again, now these are polls that time or Newsweek. Uh, is reporting on you know people were like i'm sick of it yeah i don't want to hear it and you know they they the hope was oh well this scandal is gonna is going to start this like uh steamroll effect like we're gonna really like the majority gonna win like new gingrich was like positioning himself for president next or this or that but it didn't really work like that well what's so funny is that um what i learned in this research is uh that i did not know at the time because like we were i mean we were in college we were not paying attention no we weren't paying attention but also like when it yeah i guess you're right it was in college but um yeah we were (laughs) we were not paying attention (laughs) uh to much anything yeah turn i mean i remember when it happened and just being like oh stupid yeah i'm gonna go to class 
<laughs> but um, I'm gonna take a shot <laughs> of yeah, water. That's not, that's, um, no, that's not what happened. Um, so I'm gonna go play on my basketball team. <laughs> As we already mentioned, you know, right. we know a lot of you know playing the hoops. That's right. That's what that's what you call it. Uh huh. Setting it up for the hoop, the hoop circle. That's right. Tearing tearing that net apart <laughs> like a gator on a hog. Hog on a wild hog. Right. So um, <laughs> at the time when the Republicans um, went ahead with the impeachment, Larry Flint of all people. <laughs> Um, oh, he's you know he's just one of my faves and <laughs> and 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 just pop culture. Well, he's a free speech pioneer. He's so. a free he's a free spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he had asked. Oh God! Uh, if there was anybody that had um, slept with any of the members of the house or. Um, senators to please come forward, any Republican members. Right. And uh, sure enough, they did. Yeah. And so, um, you know, people started coming forward and exposing decades old affairs. And Right. Because like, I don't think, have we even introduced Monica Lewinsky? At no. This no. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, this was Monica's first job out of college. She was an intern. She started as an intern with um, Leon Panetta, who was that name sounds familiar, but yeah, I don't he know. was the chief of staff uh, mm. for Clinton. And okay. <sighs> okay. And uh, she later accepted a position with the White House Office of Legislative Affairs. Um, now, the affair began in 1995, and when the staff started to notice that Monica was spending too much time in the back office, she was moved uh, out to the Pentagon, mm-hmm. and that's where she met Linda Tripp. Now I'm just thinking about John Goodman on Saturday Night Live. Right. Yeah. So, um... So she meets Linda Tripp, who has a tape recorder in her pocket at all times. (laughs) Right. So, the other thing to remember about Monica is if we can just set up what kind of 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 person she was before she arrived at the White House at 22. Um, like a minor? A teenager? A college girl? Yeah. Um, her Young. life cycle. Um, at one point, she was a fertilized egg. <laughs> she became a fetus. Yeah, I was just going to talk about her past a little bit. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What did you think of it? I know, I just, I don't know. No, it her, just, her it life just... in Narnia before she found the back of a wardrobe. That's how she entered here. 
That's how she got mixed up in all this, because she was confused about her earthly ways. <laughs> her life in Narnia. <laughs> Aslan. You know what? You could really oh, no. make a case that... That I, Aslan was a Clinton figure? Sure, sure. <laughs> he had Aslan hair. I mean... Linda Tripp was a holdover from the Bush White House, okay. and <laughs> she was disgusted with the behavior of the Clinton regime. Uh-huh. She thought they were all, like, these young, adulterous, pot-smoking hippies, and mm. um, she was, and I saw her described as kind of like the forest gump of the Clinton White House because she kept popping up in every scandal. <laughs> so she was the last person to see Vince Foster alive. She was amazing at ping pong. No. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> she was the last person to see Vince Foster alive. She also happened to be a witness for Kathleen Willey, who was also a Clinton accuser. Okay. Okay. She said she had been groped. Okay. And then on her way out of the elevator, apparently Linda Tripp saw her when she was disheveled. And, oh, um, right. Well, that's well. What then she, she would be the uh, what is what's that term? The outcry witness. Witness, yeah. Um, Which that's pretty intense. Well, I know. And then well, that's what I mean. I mean, she really is. And she's also so she's already in this investigation because. You know, the investigation had its tentacles everywhere. And so since she already, you know, intruded into everyone's business, she had already made contact with this investigation more than once. Okay. And so that is what, I mean, she was just a busybody. And she ended up contacting um, Lucianne Goldberg, um, who was uh worked for a publisher who published these sort of tell all conservative books and um god lucianne goldberg weird like the network of women behind this like fueling things that makes me uncomfortable i mean it's about to get a hundred times worse right right um lucianne goldberg actually um worked for Nixon as a spy in the McGovern campaign. Um, and she tried to, yeah, she also, um, had started a group specifically to try to undermine, um, feminism. And, uh, she, um, actively worked against getting the, uh, equal rights act past so like right yeah whoa so anyway whoa so she's pro segregation no 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 when when women um added uh the bias against gender in the 70s under the equal rights act that you you why would you oppose that that is a great question so anyway um Lucian Goldberg, um, like I said, she was a publisher of conservative tell-alls. She was approached by Linda Tripp about, um, she wanted to write a tell-all about the Clinton administration. 
and she said that she had struck up a bit of a friendship with Monica Lewinsky and that she was telling her about the relationship with Bill Clinton and it was Goldberg who suggested that she start taping the conversations um, perhaps for right. a book and then Goldberg actually approached the lawyers for the Paula Jones case saying that she has conversations of Bill Clinton's mistress um, talking about the affair. And so that's how Monica Lewinsky gets pulled into all of this. All right. um, So she was, you know, backstabbed by women. And sadly, I mean, what I feel bad about is that You know, Linda Tripp sort of presented herself in a very maternal way. And, you know, I just like that betrayal is so much worse. I think that, you know, she saw a young woman in a vulnerable position and she like urged her to open up specifically to use this information against her, you know, and made no like not only did she make no efforts to protect her, but only exposed her to such a huge risk in public shame I mean I <sighs> yeah it, it's 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 really weird like I don't know like how angry how angry <laughs> was she I just I don't know she she must have been really angry about a lot of things and a lot of people well a lot of things personal things maybe she needed therapy well i would say i mean i think probably. she was i think she was just you know um you know an attention seeker you know she people the way that she, people yeah. described her in the sort of office dynamics is she was just constantly involved in people's business you know and she was a, a moralist and you know, you always meet those kind of people in life who, you know, they're they're offering two That's cents true. and they're, you know, they're the ones that, like, you know, tell on everybody to HR, you know, and they, you know, and it's like, right. not in, like, the way that they report sexual harassment. Please do that sort of thing. But, you know, like, <laughs> right. She ordered like, pizza. Yeah. And you, I remember specifically seeing an, an email that said that you wouldn't want us to order pizza. And I just wanted to, you know, it's like, yeah. why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, it's true. I, I don't, I don't get but, it. And the other thing is, oh, sorry, go ahead. Or like, yeah. No. Okay. Sorry. No, I was just thinking like the, the moralist at work with an opinion that is the last person I try to like I'm actively avoiding yes. at all times yeah like nobody <laughs> come on nobody wants to invite them for drinks like come on you know I like won't get into the specifics of the trial but the points I did want to hit because I think they impact Monica's story which is what I really wanted to talk about so Um, Linda Tripp set up an appointment or a meeting in the Four Seasons, like they were going to dinner and she's taping the conversation and then all of a sudden these FBI agents swarm in and it was like that moment 
uh, I think at this point she's 25 years old, 24, 25. And, um, you know, yeah. like the FBI, like she, she's just like, oh, it's over, you know? Right. What would you think? <laughs> I, it was just. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, and I, you know, it, it was just because when she was asked, you know, because um, Paula Jones' attorneys were asking her about the affair, but at this point she did not know that she had been taped by her friend. So she sort of denied right. the affair. Um, the, that was what scared her because at that point they were sort of using that as leverage, like, you know, you've perjured yourself, you know, obstruction of justice. Oh, and, you know, she thought, oh, great, sure. I'm going to federal prison. You know, and she, but at the same time, you know, she had real feelings for, you know, she had stars in her eyes as far as like Clinton was concerned and she didn't want to throw him under the bus. And, um, you know, she was waiting right. for her mother and her lawyer to arrive and they were offering her immunity oh. if she's tall doll. And it was just such a mess. But, you know, she talks about how that experience, you know, not only that, but, you know, the ensuing trial and, you know, the Kenneth Starr report and that, you know, she suffered like a, it was a, a real trauma for her. Um, well, I don't understand that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. What was traumatic? What was traumatic about but what that? I, what I think is sad God. is I, I looked back at, like you, you had done, I looked back at um, the reporting that was done at the time to see what their views of Monica were. And I saw that, um, like one of the quotes was last week, Monica's classmates at Beverly Hills high remembered her unkindly as a girl who had gone to a fat farm and strived to be popular. <gasps> Sorry. <laughs> uh, and the other one was, um, I don't think anyone who really knew her would put it past her to have made this up. Um, so because right. not only was like the president denying all of these things at first, but he was by denying it, he was allowing people to fill in the blanks that, oh, here's this sort of chubby girl who isn't normally, you know, looked at as an object of desire and she's, right you know, obviously just trying to get attention and, you know. Right. She wasn't, um, right. Nikki Taylor or Elle McPherson or who Cindy else Crawford. in the 90s? I don't know. We'll, we'll consult my, uh, George Michael Cindy Freedom Crawford, video and we'll know. Christy Turlington. Yeah. Linda Evangelista. Yep. Yep, Naomi those are all Campbell. in George Michael video. Yep, uh, check freedom. Thanks. I won't let you I down. I won't give you up. You know, it, he allowed people to fill in the gaps and believe that she had just made this up for attention, which I think, you know, especially now, the only one who, through all of this, was telling the truth all along was Monica. You know, right. Um, and then one of the reporters says, 
um, I believed Monica testified that she was not sure, even after the first four or five times she had sexually serviced the president, whether he knew her name. That is not your normal sexual straying and fidelity. It gets into the power question that I think was so troubling. And that's from a yeah, contemporary the, article, the, correct? But yeah. the it was one of the reporters that had reported on the event 20 years previously and was asked to look at it. And the one of the things yeah. that they did remember was that she had to testify in court that she wasn't even entirely sure if he knew her name the fi- the first five or six times they met up. Oh, you know, God. S- cool. That sounds so, like fun. So, I mean, given the description of her, like her parents, um, you know, uh, she came from a fairly wealthy family, but her parents had had a really nasty divorce and she felt sort of overlooked and neglected. And then when she... Her first job out of college she's you know in the White House and she's just so easily seduced by Clinton who sees you know obviously a vulnerable girl you know who could be putty in his hands yeah you know well and I'm, I, I would I would say he was probably attracted to her <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I don't mean that as an no, excuse. No, I'm, I'm sure that I'm it played saying. a part. I'm sure the fact that he was sex, sexually attracted was... to a buxom 22 year old. That's all. That is my take. <laughs> that's the only I mean, that's point a I want to make. <laughs> Well, I mean, Gina, I think he probably was right, attracted to like, her. Right, but, like, sexually, right? Like, like... Yeah. <laughs> right. I, again, Well, I mean, I just applaud your bravery. Because yeah. not a lot of people would be willing to say that a 49-year-old man found a <laughs> naive 22-year-old buxom woman attractive and... But you're not everyone, Ann. <laughs> you know what? I'm just breaking down kicking, walls. Kicking down barriers. Like, I'm blowing minds. On, the, on the reg. <laughs> so, um... Uh, so, Kenneth Starr, he actually, um released the Kenneth Starr report, which essentially like chronicled what he felt was um, every time you know, Clinton had answered uh, dishonestly to a question about the affair, but it also had like transcriptions of all the conversations that had been taped and um, everything that uh, Lewinsky had chronicled like they raided her personal space and took her journals and like they they published that so I mean you can imagine when the Star Report came out it was like the first huge piece of news that came out on the internet so people were able to read 
you know, everybody was able to access it and read these very personal, you know, accountings of, of the sexual experience. And I mean, just how mortifying right. that must be. And of course, you know, go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, I know, I know that you and I have both published our 22, our diaries from when we were 22. Well, I mean, online. I like. Because because it's it's just a fun thing to do. We want well, everyone to. I mean, read it. and if anybody has the chance to look on Amazon for my set of of erotica <laughs> that I published at twenty two, <laughs> um, it's not there. So don't do it. I mean, no, it, I can't even. It would mortifying, mortifying. <laughs> I mean, it's again. Like, if you were trying to design my personal hellscape, I mean, you're getting close. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember? It's like, it's like there was that one professor at college that dated the yeah. a student mm-hmm. all the all the time, you know. We thought it was and, so um, cool. I'm just kidding. We didn't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> didn't. This was the. I think yeah. We people thought he was cool because he sat on his desk barefoot. So you know he's no, he's a free spirit. I, didn't, I think it was when he started dating a woman in her early twenties where I thought it wasn't so cool anymore. <laughs> regardless of how herbal his tea was. <laughs> or how round his glasses frame I mean same song second verse man but I mean this you know Monica um, I'm, I'm getting to the connecting point but I promise mm-hmm. but you know Monica at the time Obviously, like all the late night comics were making fun of her. I mean, they're saying terrible things about her weight, about her appearance, and you know, um, obviously, slut shaming. And she really had there, no one embraced her because obviously, the conservatives, because she had done this sort of it, it was a sexual indiscretion, they weren't going to embrace her, and then on the progressive side because they thought that she was taking down Clinton. They weren't embracing her. So she really just had no one to go to. And, you know, she was just ashamed to be seen anywhere because, you know, that she had the recognition factor that she in no way prepared for. She wasn't trying to be famous. You know, it was um, infamy really. And, but anyway, um, so, Years later, when they asked her after the Me Too movement to look back, you know, she had always claimed that, you know, this was a consensual experience and she took responsibility for obviously, you know, he was a married man and um, she takes responsibility for her part of it. But she did say this quote, um, you know, he was my boss. He was the most powerful man on the planet. He was 27 years my senior with enough life experience to know better. He was at the time at the pinnacle of his career while I was in my first job out of college. And I mean, she makes a really good point, which is, 
you know, she yeah. in no way could have anticipated. I mean, obviously, everybody knows that you're taking a risk by engaging in any kind of affair with the president like that. But he definitely knew, like, how dangerous it was. And he could have preserved her from that. And he... Well, he he already had, like, a series of scandals before him. Right. That's the other thing is that... You know, and just like with these other characters that have been caught up in the Me Too movement, like he was already under investigation when he began this very dangerous affair with the young woman. You know, it's just like Anthony Weiner, even though he was he was given a shot at redemption, he still couldn't stop sending these, you know, texts it was, you know, with him, even sure. when there was a civil suit against him for sexual harassment, like, he couldn't not hit on interns. Like, just for a second, right, he was, right. you know, under all this immense scrutiny. So, I mean, it just... And the thing of yeah. it is, is that that choice that he made had such repercussions because what somebody stated at the time was that one of the ways that he fought the charges was not only to deny it initially outright, which, you know, Trump does with all of his accusations, mm-hmm. but he also claimed it was a bipartisan attack, which was not entirely untrue, but it set up this dynamic right. where in order to support your side, you really had to choose one side or the other, you know, so... Um, there were people that had just been voted in on the Republican side that were pushing for impeachment, even though the moderate Republicans didn't want to have anything to do with it. And, you know, and it broke down in a partisan way. So in that environment, you know, has maintained, if not gotten worse since then. And so that playbook was really shown to be successful in the Clinton era. Right. I... I have some pretty pretty good quotes from that time um, because you did ask me to look for like yeah. what people were saying. Yeah. And it's interesting as far as okay, here's a House rep- I, yeah House representative Rogan Republic uh, Republican from California. He commented, Lewinsky, a bright lady whose life has been forever marked by the most powerful man on earth. He talked about Clinton as a predator. Um, The president impulsively began using her for his gratification the very day he spoke to her. That's what he's saying. Then you have have the White White House aide saying Lewinsky was a stalker. And the president was a victim, quote, of a predatory and unstable, sexually demanding young woman. Oh, as on. we as we all know, right. as we all know, that's why the prisons are full mm-hmm. of 20, 20 year old. I, I don't sexually active women. There is. Oh, man, there's a good Ashcroft quote. This is Ashcroft from 1998. What happens in the Oval Office on the job between the president and a 21-year-old intern is the people's business. Oh, yeah. That's good. 
That's good. And, of course, he goes into, you know, morality and marriage and this or that. Those were some of my favorite quotes. Oh, yeah. Oh, ooh, here's a quote. This is good. This is from Rand Paul from 2014. This is Rand Paul talking about Clinton. He took advantage of a girl that was 20 years old and an intern. There's no excuse for that. That is predatory behavior. I think it's interesting that, at the you know, this the predator, predatory language that was actually voiced then it was also voiced not too long ago coincidentally during election year <laughs> so yeah hard hitting <laughs> yeah so um you know i brought up larry flint and yeah. the speaker of the house when they were talking about whether to impeach him or not uh, he went ahead with impeachment but you know Larry Flint had brought up an affair that he had had in the 70s um, even though his wife at the time had already passed away from cancer but he, uh, they knew that when he announced impeachment uh the place would explode because obviously it looked hypocritical. So he ended up um, announcing impeachment and his resignation in the same speech. Who is he? Oh, I'm sorry. Livingston. He was the speaker of the house at the time. In the Um, nineties. Yes. Yes. Okay. Whoa. Um, Hello. Um, And so when they, several years later, after he had been um, successful in business, they, you know, asked him whether regretted his decision and whether he would do it again. And he said, I wanted him gone. I wanted him impeached. I wanted him to be shown for the liar under oath that he was um, when he was president of the United States and that he violated his oath of office to the United States of America. Sure. And the thing is, is that, I mean, we talked about this um, when we talked about McCarthyism, which is, it seems now that nobody's interested in looking Nobody at, cares, apparently. Right, which makes you wonder if they cared all along. And so now, (laughs) (laughs) you know, when you see this sort of passion and um, one of the uh, um, journalists who was interviewed 20 years later and they had sort of compared the two environments, uh, their quote was, you know, it's hypocrisy among people who told us that personal character matters now telling us essentially We've been lying to you the whole time that personal character was a convenient attack that we utilized, but it doesn't really matter to us when it's someone no. on our side. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But see, like, yeah. the problem the problem with that tool is that when they pressed for impeachment, it wasn't popular with the American public, and right. they ended up losing seats the next election. And, um, you know, people felt like enough was enough and that maybe they should have just settled for a censure. But on the other hand, Clinton wasn't blameless in this as well. I mean, he put a lot of members at his staff 
in jeopardy. He put their careers in jeopardy. There was one woman who ended up actually like spending time in federal prison because um, she refused to testify. Oh God, Um, that's horrible. Um, and you know, but the other thing is that obviously Monica Lewinsky, who granted that was a, a bad decision on her part, but like the, this, just the scorn in the years and years and years before she was able to restore her reputation. I mean, only now is she spoken with any sort of seriousness in the press. In 2006, she graduated. Uh, London School of Economics. Is that yeah. it? Yeah. And what was it in? I thought it was in psychology. Social psychology. It took Monica Lewinsky years to recover her reputation from the scandal. And, you know, she states that obviously there was a lot of trauma and there was a lot of shame. But even when she would apply to jobs, they said that even though they felt that she was qualified, they were afraid that that she would drive away customers because of possible political affiliation. She ended up um, writing an article in Vanity Fair about sort of, she felt that she was sort of the first victim of cyberbullying and, you know, sort of that cyber shaming because it was released on the internet and it ended up being uh, turned into a TED talk and she did really well. And so she ended up being a sort of pioneer of the movement and other people were able to come to her that felt they had been in sort of similar situations and she's been a really strong advocate. So, I mean, she was able to sort of rehab her own reputation, but I mean, it really did take 20 years and quite a public lashing to get to that point. But I mean, I think that when we look back from the point that we're at now, actions of somebody like a serial philanderer like Clinton who didn't own up to it at the time and dragged several people down with him. But I think that includes Hillary Clinton. While she shouldn't, while any woman shouldn't be held accountable for the actions of her husband, I mean, that it's still done in the same sort of machine that was put in place. Oh, uh, yeah was used against her. Oh, it absolutely was. <laughs> yeah. You know? So yeah. I, I feel like she suffered for his bad decisions. And, yeah. And I think had he not so stubbornly refused to take any responsibility through the whole process, then could have ended a lot differently for a lot of people. Yeah. Were berets a thing in the 90s? Berets. Um, I mean, I because that was like a thing. Like it just reminded me of that was like a kind of became like a caricature associated with her. But I think it's just from like one picture, right? It was, and um, and then when SNL did sketches about it, like Molly Shannon wore a beret. Yeah. Oh, but. 
I don't know if it was any more or less popular than they've ever been necessarily. Right. <laughs> the important takeaways from looking back at Monica Lewinsky and, and comparing it to the situation we're in now is it doesn't help our party necessarily to push for impeachment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially when it's not possible to achieve. Right. So, um, because there was a blowback after that decision, but... Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know the rules of the rules of impeachment. Like, does taking money from a foreign government constitute some sort of liability? Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of... You know, jury's still out, apparently. <laughs> Once they receive the report from the special counsel, then they would have to see if like if it meets the criterion for an impeachment. Yeah. And then it would have to get um, a majority in the House. Right. And then it would go to um, a trial yeah. in the Senate. So to push for an impeachment when I mean, it when it wouldn't even be possible I mean, yeah, no. I, I think it's important to get all the facts and, you know, have a thorough investigation just to see what's going on. And they honestly just should have done that anyway. I mean, they. Right. <sighs> whatever. <laughs> what? <laughs> you, have you have you reached the end of your rope? <laughs> I mean, it's honestly like. You know, they might as well have had the Hamburglar tiptoeing with the Pink Panther into the Trump Tower. And everybody's like, it's a witch hunt. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like something suspicious is happening. Yeah, tiptoeing. Tiptoeing. And then, like, the stick of dynamite, you know? Sure. It's all a cartoon. <laughs> things have things have definitely devolved into a complete cartoon, <laughs> right? Um. So, but yeah, I mean, it's suspicious. But also, you know, and I think that the way that sex scandals have been handled then and now are a lot different, considering that uh, apparently it doesn't matter <laughs> if people have affairs anymore. No. I actually heard that the only reason they were upset about Clinton having an affair is because it was in the office while he was president. And I was like, oh, okay, so it's like time and place as well. Like, okay, like, like Timothy Leary talking about doing acid, <laughs> time setting place. Oh, no, I did not. <laughs> yeah, it does seem a bit hypocritical. And I think that. Going forward, when the other side makes accusations like this again, I mean, just know in their heart of hearts that they're being insincere. (laughs) Right. You know, because history has shown that they don't really care. Um, Yeah. I'm having a hard time finding, like, a consistent thread of, oh, accountability and and like we've been talking about 
Clinton shared a, a lot of the blame in this situation. And, and we have to, whatever your political affiliation is, you have to be able to be critical of the person in charge, you know, yeah. I mean, you, you know, that's your, your loyalty is not blind. It, 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 I mean, that's yeah. how keep your democracy great is to expect better of people. It's just, yeah. I mean, I understand wanting to believe that somebody good is still good. Oh, but sure. Then even, but even before they're elected, you have like 20 years of taped atrocities. Video you can consult of like, wow, you're disgusting. <sighs> I don't get it. And I think also, you know, again, regardless of your side, you should be able to take your own inventory. That's important. And um, the other thing is that I did want to just tell you um, to to illustrate that point in the sort of the last point in the way that, you know, in a lot of movies, it's like, what? where are they now? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to catch you up. So... Uh, a lot of the big players at the time, as we said, um, uh, Livingston had to retire on the day that he pressed uh, the impeachment. Um, Newt Gingrich, um, he later admitted that while um, he was, again, uh, pressing for impeachment, he mm-hmm. himself was, in fact, in the middle of having an affair and Ooh. that... He had had pressured his wife for negotiations on their divorce while she was getting treatment for cancer in her hospital room. So that was happening around the same time that he was criticizing Clinton for his improprieties. Sure. Um, Oh, again, Tom DeLay, who was also part of this Republican convoy. Yeah. um, he was late, later brought up on charges of money laundering, uh, campaign finance charges, and ethics charges on several occasions. And finally, uh, the star of the show, Kenneth Starr, <laughs> um, he was forced to resign his presidency at Baylor University after the scandal of several sexual assault complaints. Ooh. Yes. Uh, that were made against Yuckety. student athletes. You remember this? Ooh. They were made against student athletes, and it was shown that they were routinely silenced, uh, uh, ignored, or covered up by faculty. Ugh, barf. Under his watch, and so he resigned. So, and again, this is the same person who felt it was important. <laughs> Morally. Right. <laughs> right. It's just like, I mean, everybody's a hypocrite. Sure, it's human nature. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> to be that obvious, like, to live your life, like, just a walking definition of it. Like, oh, and you'll love this one. Like? You know who took Livingston's <laughs> position was Dennis Hastert. Okay. Um, and he actually had to go to prison for um, 
paying blackmailers um, because he had actually molested his um, wrestling students. Uh, he was a high school teacher. Yeah, but and he had, but he he but he didn't go to prison. He did. He did um, for like a year probation. Probably. Right. But, you know, one of the students, I think, ended up committing suicide. Oh. Um, had a terrible life, but. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah. And again. Well, you know, uh, he, he really was fighting for justice. So, right. that's all, all we need to know. They all were. <laughs> but, you know, not to say that there haven't been total creepy creeps on the Democratic side. Oh, I mean, oh no, of course. I mean, I think we all saw the wiener pics. <laughs> and that works on a million levels, but um, there are plenty of creeps. Let's can, maybe maybe we should try to stop electing them, <laughs> no matter what side they're on. <laughs> you know, in fact, I just feel like at this point, I mean, we should only have like nurses and ex-teachers. <laughs> For real, you know, like people, <laughs> or like people, are people who run like an animal sanctuary for like yes. retired circus elephants. I would yes, much rather elect only, that person. Only them. In <laughs> yeah. fact, if the Congress could be held at an animal rescue, <laughs> um, we've actually uh, been recording for an hour and a half. So hopefully, <laughs> I'll be able to carve some something good out of this. Yeah. But thanks for meeting with me, Anne. And uh, yeah. it's, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks. And, uh, thanks, everybody. Ho- and, and hopefully, Gina. yeah. And and hopefully um, we'll be back a couple of days with the whole crew. Um, yeah. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week. And um, thanks. Looks, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, and by the way, oh, you can reach yes. us at Twitter on um, we're at Axopod, and uh-huh. we're also on Facebook uh, at the same Axopod. So yep. Look us up. All right. All right. Cool. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.